Hello. Why are we as black women always expected to be motherfucking superwoman? I mean, even in the comics, she was white. So who dubbed us this super strong being? Because a motherfucker like me is tired. Understand? I need some help. Understand? I'm tired of being the strongest woman in the world. Where is my helpmate? Now, don't get it twisted. Ain't nothing finna fall apart because I got this. But I'm saying, I need some help with this. Who in the world said that black women got to do it all? Somebody got it twisted. Being a mother is the most important job I've ever had. It's the longest job I've ever committed to. And it's the most draining. I could never picture my life without my daughter. Like, I couldn't even see me having a purpose without her. Any purpose that I have currently, I feel like is still due to her. So... Why is it so difficult? It's like that's the one thing in this world that I care about so much. And right now with the world being closed off, it's the main thing that I have to focus on. Coincidentally, it's the main thing that's driving me insane. My daughter has nobody but me and I have nobody but her in this house. And though we are each other's companions, it's suffocating. And I feel like I'm failing. I'm feeling like my patience is not long enough. My weed is not strong enough. My love is not coming across enough because the frustration is so heavy. I really want to get her a puppy because even though I try to be super mom, I just can't because I'm not a superhuman. We expect our mothers to be perfect. I expect my mama to be perfect and she hurts me all the time. Can you imagine that? The sweetest lady in the world, yet she still be poking my feelings. (laughs) And it's never on purpose. It's never intentional. But it happens. And my relationship with my mama. Because I know she's the sweetest person ever. And yet she still can make me just so angry. I'm learning that I have to give her grace. I have to give her grace. Because I'm going to need Tommy to give me grace. I'm going to need her to forgive me for all the times that I fell short. And I fall short every day. This temper is just crazy. A lot of times I feel like it's not even my own self. I feel like it's me standing by me watching me going crazy. I believe in spirits. The fact that I'm so aware of it makes me feel like it's a spirit. 
The fact that while it's going on, the second me is always hollering, stop, get a grip, makes me feel like it is a spirit. But if God hasn't given me the spirit of fear and I'm more than a conqueror, then that would seem like there's multiple spirits working in me. And that one seems to be the strongest. I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better person. Hurt people really do hurt people, even if it's not intentional. My goal is to find my peace and to find my healing so I can really show the people that I love so much that I really love them. So I can show them, not just tell them, not just constantly feeding apologies because I keep on fucking up. Because it's not in my heart to do so. It hurts me to hurt them, even when I'm hurting them. I can't even sleep. I'm awake now because I couldn't sleep because I hated the way I reacted earlier. And why should I be able to sleep? Like, I'm glad I'm restless because I need to be up praying about this, thinking about this, figuring this out. But that's the thing. I pray about it all the time. I pray about it the same things all of the, all of the time and it makes me feel like well what's the point of praying but it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer and if god wakes me up again in the morning well it's already five o'clock but I go back to sleep and he wakes me back up and blesses me to have a whole nother day. I pray that I will do better this day. I pray that I will learn to communicate. I will learn to exhale. I will learn to speak words of life. Words that heal and encourage and build up. Words to shed light. I want my gifts to To bring out gifts. Well, my words to bring life and love. Especially to my daughter. Because she deserves so much more. And I'm just, I'm so fearful that her beautiful soul will be destroyed because of my anger, sadness, depression, and confusion. All things that I feel like I don't even have control over. I know God is real. I know God is good. And I know God is mindful of me. And the fact that I am acknowledging this lets me know that this is going to be a testimony. I declare that I will overcome this. And I'm going to help somebody else too. And my daughter, I declare that she will stay resilient, happy, and joyful. And full of life and love and light. I declare it. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So what's up? It's been a couple days, a few days. It's been almost like a week, actually. <laughs> um, I haven't had much to say. Other than the same things that I've already said. It's been a very trying time. It was trying before I decided that I wanted to do this podcast, make some money, and be able to start my my business. I'm just going to keep saying it until it makes sense. Until it materializes. Until I actually really and truly believe it. The hard thing is for me, myself, is seeing me, myself, successful. You have to see yourself. You have to see these things. You have to be able to visualize these things, to my understanding, in order to make them manifest. And it is hard for me to believe or to keep on believing. Like, I can believe and be on fire and just know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to do whatever it is that I'm going to do. And I can sway you to do it too because I'll be just that passionate. But by the time I done swayed you and got you amped up, now it's time to (laughs) amp myself back up because I done got depressed. That's my pattern. I get motivated. I get encouraged by someone who is on the same page and then I get depressed and I sit and I stay idle. It's like knowing that people agree or believe that I could do whatever it is that I'm trying to do it's paralyzing because I'm from the show me Kansas City Missouri to be exact and that show me is like the perfect caption for us because that's how we were raised if you talk it you better walk it you understand like you can't you can't just be saying a whole bunch of shit and not able to back that shit up. Like it's embedded in us. So when you got people in your ear talking about, oh, you can do it. Oh, I know you're going to be awesome. Oh, I know you got something to say. Oh, you got to give all of these things that people are dying to hear. And I'm hearing them. And they're paralyzing me. What's the problem? Like, what's up with that? I've come to realize, like, it don't matter how much faith somebody else got in you, how beautiful they think you are, how talented, how special. It matters not unless you feel that same way. 
unless you can see yourself the way that God made you and love yourself the way that God made you, everybody in the world could put you on a pedestal and you'll still see yourself sitting in the mud. That's my problem. I don't know how to fix this confidence consistently and persistently. Like, like I said, I can have my moments and those moments are so powerful. It's like I got to own it off switch. When my switch is on, I feel like it's absolutely nothing that I can't do. It's like I love my body, I love my face, I love my words, my sense of humor, my way of reaching out, the way I connect with people, the way people connect with me, my my style of dress, that's all my own, my love for music, my the things that interest me. Like I feel like I'm super awesome when my switch is on. But that motherfucker stay on off. You hear me? <laughs> It's like when it do get on, I don't even know who flipped that mug. But it's like it's always, it's a shortage. That mug is always on off. Because not long after I feel so, um, so undefeatable, I turn back and feel like, Like nothing. Like I just always feel shame. I always feel embarrassed. And I always feel anxious. Anybody else feel like that? Like I always feel like whatever I'm doing, like it what's the point? I don't know. I don't really know how to explain this, how I'm feeling. But I feel it a lot, so it seems like I should be able to put it into words. But it's it's hard. I just feel like it's unrealistic for me to have the happily ever after. And that's the problem, because you have to see the happily ever after to make it there. But when it's like, even when I daydream, like when I daydream with me, happily married... Somewhere in that daydream, the nigga is still cheating, or he done left me, or he's just bored of me, he's tired of my sex, um, the kids love him more than me. Like, it's just always some negative bullshit that sneaks his way into my own fantasy. Or, like, with this podcast thing, on the one hand, I can imagine touching millions. Because mind you, when I was younger, and I and I didn't really remember this. I might have told you that before. When I was younger, I used to want to be a DJ, a disc jockey. <laughs> My sister told me that was a geek job. But I, I used to want to be that. And then when MTV and stuff started having the VJs, video jockeys or whatever, like, I wanted to be Ananda Lewis, okay? That's the job that I wanted to do. I wanted to be hosting TRL. I felt like I had that it factor, but nobody knew it. I just, you know, like on those movies where, like my favorite movie, Never Been Kissed. <laughs> How she's just such a geek. I'm not Kirsten, I'm not, what's her name? I'm not Chelsea, I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. <laughs> but, you know, after she let go of her insecurities and started just going out there and being, she ended up being pretty awesome. 
And I kind of feel like that's like that with me. Like, I feel like I do know that I have these gifts that people see or whatever. But for some reason, when I think about displaying them or doing them, it just always seems like almost doesn't count. Like, it's just not good enough. Like, it's just not up to par. It's just not it. And... Honestly, I feel like because that's the role that I've played and maybe that was because of me. But being a middle child, of course, you always feel like you're not special. I always feel like I wasn't special. Well, I feel like I was special to my dad. I never felt special to my mom. I always felt like... um she forgot about me after she had my little sister. <laughs> she always took her side on everything and just, uh. And from a, a very young age, I always had a, a jealousy about it, about their relationship. Because I just, and my mama don't ever get it twisted. She's the sweetest person and I know she loves me. But it took years to accept the way that she loves me. And she'll deny it. And she'll say it's in my head, but I know what I feel. But I've always felt like I wasn't as special to her as my younger sister. Or even my bigger sister, but generally my younger sister. And then my daddy, I felt like I was special to him because he always used to be like, you know, number two is special, second born, because he was the second born. So he did make me to feel like I was something special until I got old enough to figure out it was just to hurt my big sister. I was just a pawn. So I, growing up, I never really genuinely felt chosen. Like I remember I uh, spoke to you all before about um, from being from Blue, born from Kansas with all the black kids. To go into Blue Springs with all them white kids. Like <laughs> that. I always really, really am in the pit of my heart. Believe that that was where all of my issues started. Because it was a cultural shock. And I don't know why. Because like I said, my sisters, they adapted easily. They had all the friends. They even had boyfriends. White ones. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they fit right in. And me, I just could not adjust. I didn't know these kids. They didn't know me. <laughs> these kids did not look like me. They didn't talk like me. These little boys definitely aren't looking at me. At recess, they chasing all the other girls. I'm sitting there playing by myself. Ain't nobody looking at me. <laughs> that shit used to hurt. So I grew up. I think I grew a, a kind of uh, insecurity way back then in the second grade or first grade. Just feeling like I wasn't good enough. I didn't match them. My hair didn't look like their hair. Like my clothes didn't look like their clothes. I just, I just wasn't like them. I just wasn't good enough. And that shit followed me. Like I really hated school. I always felt alone. I never fit into any group. I was cool with everybody, but I wasn't friends really with anyone. I didn't belong to any group. 
if anything, I was the one that kept the black, the few black people that did go there together, <laughs> like for lunch, the black folks, like, I guess I just was the black girl. It was only like 10 of us and they wasn't really black. Even if they was, they was, you know, whitewashed and I was the black girl and I was the one that would make the black people feel their blackness and want to stunt or whatever with their blackness. I don't know. That's, that is who I was. I was that person, but that was just around me. Y'all was black power. When y'all went back around their other friends, they was back to, hey, Joe, Melissa, <laughs> all that shit. So I still didn't never really fit in. I didn't have a Joe or Melissa to go back to. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just didn't fit. I never fit. So then finally, um, in high school, I got to get away from all these white kids and go back to the hood. <laughs> I got to go to the city. I went to Purcell. Um... And it was just as bad because now all of these years that I've been over here with these white kids, my diction is a little different. My style of dress is different. My uh, education is different. Like it was just a whole different society and I didn't fit in with them either. I wasn't hood enough. I wasn't with the shit enough because I, I just, I just wasn't, but I still was me. Like, Nobody, I don't think, would know how insecure I really am. Because even in those Blue Spring schools, I always put on this uh, tough exterior. And maybe that's why all the black kids tried to act black and tough, thought it was cool. I don't know. I always had this tough exterior that nothing bothered me, that I can eat by myself because I don't fool with y'all. I don't need y'all. You know what I'm saying? Same at Purcell. Except for it was a little different because niggas got an attitude like you. They don't give if you don't give a damn, they don't give a fuck. You understand? That's how we are. <laughs> so it was a little more different. They don't they don't care. And niggas will talk shit. <laughs> it just was a whole different atmosphere. And I didn't really belong there either. I went to school with my cousin and I was in her shadow. Cause she had been going there since elementary school. That was her school. So I knew people because she knew people. She had friends, but I didn't have my own set of friends. And I didn't have a group. I didn't have anybody I belonged to. So then came church. I mean, it was always there. But I submerged myself in church because I didn't have nobody else. I didn't know what else to do. I was going to church all day, every day anyway. So I submerged myself in church. Then I met a boy. Then I had sex. And then all of that went out the window. <laughs> you know. I just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What to say. How to get things right. Like. Every time you go on see social media and you see people promoting their little businesses or their relationships or their friendships, and I just feel so, so far behind. Like, even all of my friends or associates or whatever, they are all in the midst of doing something. Like, they're all in the middle of trying to become something, and they're doing it. 
And I remember the beginning of each of them doing it. And I remember being right there speaking life into it and believing for them genuinely. And I'm so proud of all of them. But it's just like, okay, so what are you going to do, Tiandra? Because all you do is talk. All you do is talk. But is that so bad? Because when I do talk, niggas, they seem to listen. And even if they don't agree, they seem to think. And I don't think it's nothing wrong with that, right? But how you make money off of that? <laughs> and I'm saying my self-worth is tied to money. But when you're not able to take care of things, you know, pay your bills, rent, and your kids or whatever that 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 will that will definitely uh play around your depression even though I'm cool like I've been taking care of my daughter well but at the end of the day I've been taking care of her stressing myself out wearing myself down working for the motherfucking man what am I supposed to be doing and I don't want to be the example of a slave so she grows up to be a slave like, I feel like she got so many gifts and I don't even know how to bring them out either because of my negative way of thinking and feeling. I just want... I just want to be free. I just want to figure out how to love me 100% so I really can love everybody else. Because when you're sad and depressed, you really can't give everybody everything or anything you can't be there like I could pump you up today and be your encouragement today but tomorrow when you call me I can't answer because I'm depressed you understand like that's not how it's supposed to be I'm trying to figure out how to build some type of stability and have some type of consistency but above all I'm trying to find out where my passion is because I don't know so far, the most passionate thing about me is my heartache. And in my business, we're, we're supposed to turn ashes into art. So it seemed like I would be my first customer. <laughs> but I don't know, man.